You're listening to the Late Night Dice Podcast, the only podcast where we talk D&D, world build D&D, play D&D, and even set ourselves on D&D so we don't get messages recording the show. I'm your host, Alex Durham, I go by Blue Cobalt, and I will be your Dungeon Master for this evening. And I am Ryan, I will be playing the role of Lopav Verislat, who goes by the name Lope for short. Uh, he is a thief. And you can find me on Twitter at Ryan Blake Hall and on Twitch at Mars of the Manor. And I am Nick. I will be playing the Orc Druid Aldrock. And you can find me at twitch.tv slash Marshmallow Ninja. No I. You can find our podcast in its edited form on SoundCloud, where we upload, as well as Stitcher, iTunes, and Google Play Music. You can find links to those, as well as other places that might appear in the future, at the bottom of my Twitch page, twitch.tv slash bluecobalt120. You can also join us there for live recordings, like we are right now. And I sometimes rarely stream other games. This stream might also happen on other people's channel, but we'll discuss that when it comes to it. We do not have a schedule for our live recording days, but if you follow me at Alex underscore Durham 120 on Twitter, I'll be sure to tweet out sometime before and link to whatever relevant Twitch account that is. Alright, so bear with me while I try and quickly get through some meta and behind the scenes stuff before we actually start playing D&D. First off, I'd like to give a huge thank you to those who's listening. My friends and I were a bit surprised that we did actually get some plays on our number zero episode since we last went live, we made some decisions. We want to talk to you all about some things about this podcast that we think you should know. Every episode will likely be in multiple parts. We try to keep each part about an hour in length for a more digestible product. We were going to release the parts together, but since scheduling has been much more difficult than we thought it was going to be, we will be releasing them every two weeks, or that's the plan anyway, so whatever day I release this on two weeks from then is when you should expect the second part. After a bit of back and forth on whether we want to have character discussions in the podcast or not, since it does take some time to do what we decided on and what we did already actually is required our character brainstorming sessions, and those will not be live, but will be released separately as bonus content. For now, I'm planning on just releasing them as regular bonus episodes in the same place, but in the future, it is possible that those bonus episodes will be for supporters of the show, like something like Patreon. We don't have an account there yet, but it's something we've talked about. Anyway, I'll let you all know when you can get your hands on those, if that's something that we decide happens. We don't absolutely need fan support to keep this running or anything, uh, at least not yet, but if we were to get money, we would spend it, I'm sure, just finally back into production value to the podcast, better equipment, stuff like that, and I know people just like to give money to things they enjoy, so, you know, if there's a market for this, we won't deny support once we have it set up. I know it's very early to be talking about all this, but I just want to clear up where our views are. Overall, this is just an entertainment podcast we made to have some fun, uh, and if if you really want to support us, the easiest way is just to tell your friends. The bigger we grow, the more time we can put into making sure this is the best, most fun D&D podcast around. Speaking of having fun with D&D, I'd like to address something else a bit touchy, and I I'm just want to be open and real with you guys. Say it right off the bat that the culture of playing D&D online for an audience, well, a great thing most of the time, can lead to some argument 
arguments about things like rules. And this podcast will be playing D&D 5th Edition the way we think will be most entertaining. That means we will change things, sometimes a lot. If you disagree with some of these, that's fine. We aren't telling anyone that this is the way you have to play. Most of these games will only have two players. That's much lower than the standard party size. We have races in this setting that are very different than the standard races of the same names. So we will change some things there. And if you have any questions about what's changed or how we design sessions, feel free to message us on Twitter. With that being said, I'd like to give a bit of context before we get into the game I have for you all today. Uh, in our friend group, we play D&D a lot. It is our number one hobby by far. I started running my own campaign mid-March last year, having only DM'd one game session before that. My campaign is set exclusively in and around a city, so it was a very urban campaign. I bring this up because, as you might have guessed from the last episode, this game I have for you today is indeed a city-based game, although quite different than the ones I have run previously in my own setting. This is the first time I'll be running an entire story in one game like this, at least to this magnitude, as well as the two different cities in the two different settings are very different, uh, especially in character. That being said, I'd like to introduce you all to a very special place in our world of Ateris, the city of Urvesi. The name of today's session is Game 1 Contenders of Urvesi. Urvesi was founded many, many generations ago by the Dowsers. Those who sought the waters of life, they ventured into the vast and harsh desert known as the Grand Deprivation, or in the tongue of the Dowsers, Ixaya. Ixaya, with its many plateaus, mesas, and buttes, was not a desert that most people chose to travel through, at least not until the Dowsers found the oasis at the center. For the Dowsers, the discovery of this oasis was a true blessing from their god. They worship water itself and set out into the desert as a test of strength, fortitude, and faith. But much time has passed from those days. Urvesi is often described as an oasis city to the outsiders, perhaps to entice them or to demand respect, but that title does not paint the full picture. In the center of the Grand Deprivation, there are two extremely tall and flat buttes, like two hands about to clap. In the valley between the buttes, the city of Urvesi grows out of the western butte. Across from it, built above the oasis, the Grand Palace rests on top of this natural wonder, which was nestled near the Eastern Butte. The palace is almost as large in diameter as the city it faces, but not nearly as tall. The city has grown upward, climbing the wall. One of the major features of Urvesi is its many coliseums and arenas, both on the ground and suspended in the air using rope, stone, and imported wood. These suspended coliseums are truly a sight to behold, and most that come to the city for the first time often have the same thought in their mind. You must truly be a brave warrior to fight in those. But today, we are not going to climb up that far, as the characters you have to play are not exactly high class. On the ground level of Urvesi, there's a thief that is known around the slums as Lope. Lopov, Varislots known by Lope to his friends, and just about anyone else. He likes nicknames. So Lope is short, even for a gnome. He's a little self-conscious about it. He has short, light brown hair, stony gray skin, and he wears ragged but practical clothing with leather armor. 
He also wears a dark lizard hide cloak over that and almost always hides his face behind a plain white ceramic mask when he goes out. He carries around, we'll say, impromptu tools and weaponry. <laughs> Most often, he fights with a fire iron instead of like a traditional dagger or some such. Lope has been in Urvesi for some time. The smaller, ground-level coliseums have proven to be an interesting place for pickpocketing. There's a free arena for spectators of the time-old sport of combat, but the people in the free arena don't have much to steal, and so the free seats don't sustain his appetite much. But below the free seats, and a much better view of the combat, are the paid seats, and the people that are there are visibly more wealthy. But the entry to that section is too expensive to be worth the risk. However, those that enter the contenders into the fight, whether they be coaches, managers, etc., get to the paid seats for free. That thought has been in Lope's mind several times, but he hasn't found somebody he might consider entering for him yet. In another part of town, the market, there's a druid. He's a hermit and doesn't come around the city much, but those that do know him address him by the name Aldrock. Aldrock is a tall, thin orc from the Grand Deprivation. He grew up around the edges of the Oasis City. His skin bears a roughness from the desert wind, marked with hard, bony plates that his race has developed to help shield from the desert environment. He wears mostly handmade clothes and armor from the beasts and reptiles he must protect himself with when he's out in the desert. Mostly, he's out in the desert helping travelers get across to get to other oasis and other cities safe and sound. Aldrock has also had the fighting arena on his mind today. Not much, but he is of the race that founded this great city, and thus the tradition of the sport fighting is familiar to him. And although his clan lives outside the city, he still feels somewhat deep, primal connection and a sort of pride to it. But for now, this thought is in the back of his mind as well. He has more important things to do like buying rations and other equipment for his next trip across Ixaya. Back in the slums, Lope is up to his usual, taking stuff that doesn't belong to him. It's become second nature to him, and he's quite good at not getting caught. In fact, people would be lucky to notice him walking by at all, but apparently some have. He spots some orcs across the street from him. He recognizes them as personal guards of a man he pickpocketed yesterday, and the day before that. Maybe a few times this week, actually. One of them has pointed at him in the crowd, and they're running up to him, weapons drawn. Uh-oh. But the alleys of Urvesi are well known to Lope, so the chase is on. Back in the market, Alderok is facing a problem as well. He's noticed some people following him. He picks up his walking speed, but so do they. He looks back and can sense their murderous desperation, and slowing down to talk to them is a sure way to get stabbed before a deal can be made. He may not know much about the city, but he knows how to stay safe, so he also finds an alleyway. It's been a few minutes of running for each of you, but now, for the first roll of the game, give me perception to see which of you runs into the other on this alley. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> perception is our first roll. Classic. Okay. I got a 10. And I got a 19. Oh, alright. <laughs> Alderok is able to notice the small gnome running towards him and stops his tracks before he trips on the inconvenience in his path. Mm. Whoa there. Lope, you're not as lucky in this matter, so you slam face first into his shins. Yeah, it can be hard to see out of this mask sometimes, so that makes sense. So the guard's chasing Lope, and the band is chasing Ald. 
will be here in a few seconds. What do you say to each other in an effort to help each other out? Okay, well, first of all, I'm being chased by orcs, and I just ran into another orc. Now, I know, like, on some level, it might be generalizing, lumping all orcs together. (laughs) (laughs) But I am kind of running for my life here from someone that I definitely stole from. So I just want to, like, first thing out of my mouth to Aldrock here is, Are you with them? With who? Who are you with them? No! Okay, great! We're not with anyone! Good! Okay, so hey, big guy, I'm, I may have made some people angry with me. That's unfortunate. Seems like you might be in the same boat. You want to be in the same boat? I don't know what I did, but sure. Great, great. We'll talk more when we get out of this, okay? Alright! A description of this alley. This alley is between two structures that you can't quite determine from this side what they are, but it is obvious that the sun is above and that many pieces of cloth and rope are stretched over to provide shade in some areas. You stand back to back now, cornered. Initiative! Alright. Alderock. I turn around to take a look at these guys that were tailing me, and I throw my hands up and grab my shield. Why? Why do you want to fight me? Why are you chasing me? I've done nothing to you. I back, put my back right up behind him and, like, kind of shifty eyes look around and just go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't have to talk to you. Just give me your bag. What? My bag? No, I have to, I have to stock up. I'm about to leave the desert. Just hand it over or you'll get gutted. It's just a bag. Yeah, but it's full of food. You can't get more food. You can't get another gut. (laughs) Never say never. I want to keep my guts and my bag. Well, if you're going to have it that way, then I guess let's bring it then. And with that, I I crouch down on to my knees. I wild shape into one of the more ferocious predators that I have encountered out in the deserts around here. A Dynanicus. Are we going to include, like, a Wikipedia links to specific <laughs> dinosaurs that you turn into to educate the masses? Sure. <laughs> just Google it. That's, that's, just Google that's it. our solution. Just Google it. If you don't know what something is, just Google it. And that's your bonus action, I believe? Oh, yeah, totally. That means, like, well, they haven't attacked me first, but, you know, what they say, the person who acts second gets gutted, so... <laughs> is that a saying? That's what they say. I hear it all the time. That's <laughs> what I say. So I will run forward towards this green-looking bandit that has threatened to gut me, and I will attack. All right. Give me that attack. I have rolled an 11 and a 1 <laughs> and a 12. The 12 does indeed hit. So I take a bite out of him for 6 piercing damage. He looks visibly quite terrified at this course of events, although it might be hard to tell the look in his eyes considering all the blood. Uh, I guess I think I'm sorry, but I'm a dinosaur, so I just kind of roar at him. (laughs) Look, to reiterate, there are sunny places and there are shadowy places. In front of you is a line of sun, you're standing in shadow right now, and the two guards across from you have a spot between them that is in shadow. Ooh, okay. I see what you mean. Yeah, for anyone who's who's listening to this, we are actually using a battle map here, so we will try to describe things whenever they're relevant. 
If you watch live on our Twitch, you can see the battle map, but obviously a podcast isn't going to support video. That would be silly. Yeah, so um, Lope is Lope is a gnome, and in, in our setting of a terrace, every gnome is different in some way, and one of the ways that Lope is different is that he's pretty good at being sneaky, much more so than, than normal, especially prefers being in dark areas. So, Lope is not nearly as much of a combatant, I expect, as Alderok, the big orc that can literally turn into a dinosaur. Rawr. Probably is. He's a tricksy person. I want to have Lope dive into the shadows between the two orcs that are chasing him. Like, really catch him off guard. Like, they probably expect him to, like, back up and run away like he has been, but I'm gonna catch him off guard by surprise and, like, leap toward them, like, at them, or between them, into those shadows. Okay. Yeah, and as I do so, use magic. Oh. Yeah. Cool. Our big druid friend is showing off, so I figured I might give it a shot, too. So here's what I want to do. I want to dive for that shadowy spot between the two orcs that are chasing me. And I'm going to... Let's use silent image. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's a 15-foot cube. So as I dive in here, I want to make a silent image of more of me. Just a cube of gnomes. They can make an investigation check against the spell DC. Oh, it does say to go look at the book, so... (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to pull up more information about this spell. Create the image of an object, creature, or some other visible phenomenon that's no larger than a 15-foot cube. Purely visual, not accompanied by sound, smell, or other sensory effects. I do believe that is more of a single thing and not multiple things. Okay, sure. How about one really big version of me? <laughs> one big gnome. <laughs> one okay. one big lope. <laughs> it's a big yeah, gnome. Yeah, I like that. So so just just like fill the alley really with just right. one big lope. <laughs> so there's you and then there's bigger you. <laughs> yeah. So like I'm like the size of this image's foot, right? Yeah. Now that I've created a much bigger version of myself who's just standing there menacingly brandishing a fire iron, (laughs) um, I would like to use the rogue's cunning action to hide as my bonus action. Hide within your own self. Hide within my own illusory boot. That's one way to do it, I suppose. (laughs) All right, give me the hide. Don't mess with me or my child again. (laughs) Uh, I'll get a 15 on that. All right. This is not how I envisioned his first combat going, <laughs> but I will take it. This was right off the cuff. First thing they're going to do is they're going to roll that investigation to figure out what the hell's going on. Gnomes aren't normally that big. It takes their action to do it. Oh. A creature that uses its action to examine the image can determine that it's an illusion with a successful intelligence investigation check against your spell save, DC. Nice. Yeah, so even if they pass, they have to pass an investigation or, like, find me with perception, I guess, one way or the other. There's a giant version of me, though, that might be a little <laughs> more imposing than wherever the little guy vanished off to. Uh, what's your spell safety? 13. Okay. Well, one of them is going to attack the illusion, and the other one is looking around still. Both of them are quite confused about the occurrence here, but neither of them seem to know where to get to you at. Oh, God. And on the other side of the field, the injured 
orc bandit, as well as the still fresh as the day he was born <clears throat> elf bandit, are going to come up. They're going to say, I've gutted reptiles before. The guards don't say much. They have the look of confusion, but something else about them is a bit off. Actually, why don't you roll me a insight lope, since you're the one facing them. Okay, wisdom insight. Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's a two! <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> you discern no further information. Lope's not an insightful guy. The bandits will try to gut the dinosaur. Two attacks coming at you. That's a 19. Ow. And an 11 to hit. Well, the 19 hits. Okay, Ooh, that's maximum damage. Why? Seven. Yes, so they both try and come up to you. They get their blades out and start trying to cut off pieces. Mm. Well, that kind of hurts. I don't like that they're doing that. So I turn around and see, well, the gnome that I was friends with is now definitely not small anymore. I got swole. and even though i'm a little surprised by that i will do my series of attacks against the injured orc two claws ripping at him with a 13 and a 15 all right well i'll go ahead and tell you the 13 hits and does indeed down this man although i guess i should give you the option do you down this bandit or do you kill him oh i down him I would like to turn my lizardy face and attempt to claw and bite this other bandit. Yes, and that also hits. Alright, but this time my mouth doesn't get a good chop. And he is also quite bloody now. Why don't you give me an insight? Alright, yeah. Why are you attacking me? You know, that would be a great thing to know. That's a 10. I have rolled a 10. You can see that these people are clearly in need of food, shelter, and have this as an option, they're going to take it. So they're just desperate. I could make them good berries. I could help them with food. <laughs> you could just make food out of thin air. Yeah! Why didn't they just ask? Just feed the hungry! Come on! <laughs> because they are not in the mood to negotiate with anything. Apparently! So these guys, these two bozos, they have no idea where I am, or at least seem to not have any idea where I am. One of them attacked the image, and one of them seems to be looking for you. I'm hidden in the shadows. You're hidden in a boot. I'm hidden in boot shadows. Shadow boot. Shadow boot. Shadow foot? Shadow foot. <laughs> There's a warrior cat name. <laughs> Lope the warrior cat. <laughs> I only have two first level spell slots per day right now. Ugh, I'm an arcane trickster. And I want to get the most use out of this. This lasts for concentration up to ten minutes. It's a long time. Quite some time. But uh, there's some cool stuff about it. Even though it's purely visual, I can use my action to cause the image to move to any spot within range. The range is 60 feet. Mm-hmm. And as it changes location, I can alter its appearance so that the movements appear natural. For example, it specifically mentions I can alter it so that it appears to be walking from one place to another. Sure. So while they're distracted by this huge me, I figure I just want these guys off my tail. I'm not a violent guy. Like, I don't want to stab people. I will if I have to, but I really don't want to. I'd rather these guys just leave me alone. I screwed up with them finding me. I should have been paying more attention. I'll have to watch out for that in the future. But I don't mean, like, any, like, harm toward these guys, if I can help it. If I can just get them to just leave. So, 
if they're clearly distracted by my silent image, I'm going to have my silent image, like, just run, just book it back out of the alley. Okay. Out to 60 feet. Sure. And, like, while they're distracted, I'm going to run the other way. <laughs> like, as soon as they start looking at it, I run the other direction. Well, as you send your silent image, one of them definitely is interested in that. The other one, however, is a bit more perceptive. So this one spots me? He has spotted you now. I'm still going to bolt, but like as the other one's distracted, I don't say anything because I don't want to give it away. I just look at the other guy and I kind of like half smile, but then I realize he can't see it because I'm wearing a mask. So I just shrug and then <laughs> I just bolt. Okay. So I dash down the alley the other direction. You are exiting the threatened area of one of the creatures. Yes. That does see you. The other one does not see you, and so is not threatening you. Otherwise, they would get flanking. But yes, so one attack coming at you. Ooh, that's a 17. Oof, yeah, that's gonna do it. That hits. That's four piercing damage from the spear. Ah! Okay, so I just, just take a, a grazing spear to the side. Whew, not a mortal blow yet, but that was close. So Lope does run away from this guy. Yes. Now that I'm over in uh, this patch of darkness, mm-hmm. I'm going to use my cunning action to hide again. Okay. 19. Oh, that's a good one. I'll roll for them. And the way he does it is like he leaps into the shadowy spot and like lands furling the black lizard hide cloak around himself and like kind of turning his face down so that the white mask isn't glaringly obvious. You effectively distracted one guard. The other one still spotted you, still swung at you as you left the area, and you ran through Aldrock in his dinosaur mode because he is friendly. I'll trade a first level spell for just, like, effectively neutralizing one of the orcs chasing me. That sounds like a good trade. One of the orcs does indeed make it 30 feet, chasing off towards your illusion before the other one calls back to him that he's this way. And the other one turns around and uses his other action to dash back. Ah. Clearly it was the more of a leadership orc that did, in fact, spot you. And he also says, gonna have to get through this beast. A little alerted, I look over at the two orcs now staring at me, and then look over... I I, I guess you're hiding, so I don't yep. see the gnome. <laughs> Some small little thing, like, scurried past your legs, and you lost sight of it. Well, <laughs> that guy just left me here. <laughs> well, so, boss guard, I guess you could say, leader of, at least, between these two. The leader of the two. <laughs> yes. He is going to come up and attack at you. Uh-huh. And so is the bandit, since at this point he's fighting for his life, and he doesn't back down. He doesn't back down, but this is not the life he should take. People don't often take uh, life advice from dinosaurs. (laughs) But they should from druids! Uh, we'll see. Alright, uh, that is two thirteens hit. Uh, they'll both hit. Both of them now, fighting at you as Lope is hiding in the shadows. Mm Mm-hmm. I do what I have to. Alright, Ald, back to you. Well, since these two are definitely being a pain, I might as well, like, cut my chances and fight the bandit that was threatening me and then maybe run away from these guards because I don't know what's going on with these guards. And that other guy just left me. So, uh, I guess I'll claw this bandit that's fighting for his life in front of me. All right. Uh, at first claw is a 22 to hit. You have downed both of the bandits. Good. I don't want to fight these guards. I would, as far as I know, that 
that little gnome creature just left me. Leave me in a bad predicament here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna run away from him down the alleyway. Okay, he's gonna take a stab at you. Uh, four damage from the spear. Give me a dex save. I don't see this gnome. Okay, well that's a six on my dex save. And you are stopped there. You tumble over something you didn't see, and you get on the other side of it, and you are a prone dinosaur. Oh no. Dinosaur on the ground. Well, after getting stabbed a few times, uh, I will reflexively uh, use a bonus action to heal myself. Okay. The big guy turned into a dinosaur, took out two guys... And is now collapsed on the ground, healing himself, I guess. Laying on the ground behind you, kind of like taking a breather. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Do I see like his injuries re-knitting? Is it obvious to me that he's using healing magic? Give me a perception check. Okay, 15. Yeah, you see after he tumbles to the ground, he sort of takes a moment to catch his breath and you see the telltale signs of nature energy coursing through his dino veins. Mm -hmm. Okay, dino veins. We still have two more guys. You took care of your guys, but I still have my guys. (laughs) Well, you ran away. Yeah, yeah, I I seemingly (laughs) ran away. I guess they're your guys now. (laughs) (laughs) My problems become your problems. That's the basis of our relationship. You put this evil on me. Is it evil? (laughs) Is it coincidence? I think it's coincidence. Can't it be both? Lope is an opportunist, and that never turns off for him. Like, he's always looking for some way to get ahead, some way to uh, turn a disadvantage into an advantage. So the whole time, he's fighting for his life here and trying to play keep away with big, bad, burly orcs. He sees a man that can turn into a dinosaur and also can heal his own wounds with magic. And that seems like someone Lope wants to be on the good side of. Which side of the dinosaur is the good side? (laughs) The side that I'm on. Whichever side I'm on is the good side, which is currently the left of the dinosaur. (laughs) The left of the dinosaur. (laughs) All right. So I think I want to have Lope stay in his position. And he kind of sighs to himself like, wish I didn't have to, but okay. He readies the fire poker. And while staying hidden, I want to ready an attack when one of them comes within reach. Okay. Get the drop on him, basically. Emerge from the shadows and stab him. All right. In the foot. Uh, in the foot, specifically? <laughs> the toe stab. Well, I can't reach very far. <laughs> I could maybe get his waist. About as high as you can get as your waist, yeah. So, the guards come up. The one that was already running back after chasing the illusion, the first to come up to you. He's actually coming up to the dinosaur, so he's just walking straight towards you. Perfect. All right. I want to use my Reddit action. All right. So uh, Lope sees this guy coming up, and he's watching his feet very carefully. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Lope's inner monologue is like, people never pay enough attention to their own feet. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, there's a lot of interesting things happening when you're closer to the ground. You should really pay better attention. And he brings up the fire iron, and he just, like, drives it straight down into the guy's foot. Oof. Uh, so, I'm gonna roll to hit here. That's a 15. Is this with advantage, though? Yeah, since he could not see you, it would be... Okay, then that's still a 15. (laughs) Okay, unfortunately, this man has steel-toed boots. Oh, come on! I finally get up the gumption- okay, fine. (laughs) 
Yes, unfortunately, your attack does not hit anything vital, so he's going to retaliate. His movement has stopped at this, since he cannot pass through you. Uh, what the? It's this one! And he takes a stab as well. This is really embarrassing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is only a 10 to hit you, though. Alright, well, a miss for a miss. Yeah, but there is still the other orc. Well, I don't have any more readied actions. <laughs> well, too bad for you. Yeah. He's gonna come up. Ugh, can't hide from us. Ah. I can try. <laughs> you should try harder. Okay, I will. Thanks for the suggestion. <laughs> and that's a 13 to hit. Uh, 13 will not hit. Dang. So yeah, Lope just barely dives under the swing. My only friend in this alley actually is here. I'm a little reinvigorated, especially now that my dino flesh is a little uh, tended to. Uh, so <laughs> I will stand up. And, well, I guess be an angry-looking dinosaur at the guard captain that has very, very ungraciously stabbed me. <laughs> All right. Well, my attacks aren't great. I have two claws for a 7 and a 10, and a bite for 16. The 16 is gonna hit. Well, that's a big chunk out of him. That's 10 piercing damage on that bite. That is indeed a big chunk out of him. <laughs> Quite a bit of his orc flesh. Mm. There's a, lot, there's a lot of talk about flesh in this, I feel flesh like. Flesh and guts. We talk about flesh and guts flesh a lot. Guts. Those words keep coming up. I'll try and tone it back a bit. <laughs> How do you feel about blood? There's blood all over him. It's fine. Well, see, what's interesting is that blood's making me a little hungry, because, you know, out in the desert, I spend a lot of time hunting when it's needed. I don't just oh, hunt yeah. for fun. You know, I gotta, I gotta hunt to stay alive. And You are a dinosaur, so you obviously <laughs> thirst for the blood of man, as all dinosaurs do. <laughs> He's not a dinosaur all the time. I am in my dinosaur form, though, and I, I take on some of the animalistic traits. That's good. I like that. So I get a little too anxious, and I use my bonus action to take another small bite out of him. That is only a one to hit. Wow. <laughs> no. It's <laughs> <So>, all right. <laughs> then it's to lope. You have your chance. There is a very injured man. You could kill your first target. Well, I mean, about that. <laughs> Just saying it's an option. Yeah, okay, sure, you say that. Okay, Lope was really looking forward to, like, he was, he was said this cool thing about, like, like yeah, like, I'm really low to the ground. Other people don't pay attention to, like, stuff that's low to the ground, like their feet, and then he goes for their feet, and, like, that's a thing that he does. And then he happens to pick on the one orc, the one orc who's wearing steel-toed boots. <laughs> the one guy, if the... In fact, it's only one boot. Ah, it's kind of a ragtag <laughs> piece of armor that they're wearing. Yeah, it's not the best. On some level, Lope just recognizes, like, of course, this just makes sense. This is how things always go. It's always like this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ain't no rest for the gnomes. Hiding's been pretty good, but I don't want to abandon Dino Buddy over here. I didn't realize that he uh, he had abandonment issues. Arr. He's been talking about it. <laughs> As all dinosaurs do. As all dinosaurs do. <laughs> yeah, that's the two things that dinosaurs do. They thirst for the blood of man and they have abandonment issues. <laughs> if I had lips... When I when I noticed I tripped over you and that you didn't abandon me, I would have smiled. Aww. Ugh. Aww. <laughs> okay. Well, hiding has been good, but I don't want to abandon Dino Buddy here when Lope might make a new friend, especially someone who might uh, be useful to him. And stabbing people hasn't worked, and he's not super comfortable with doing that in the first place anyway, so Lope's going to try just talking. <laughs> 
So Lope like looks up and he holds on to his fire iron. He's not backing down. He holds on to that iron. But he, do- he doesn't make an overt threat with it. He's just like on guard. And he looks up and he shifts his glance between the two of them. And he says, all right, so my friend and I are going to walk out of here. And so are you the other way. And we're not going to have to fight each other to the death because this guy is literally a dinosaur. Look at the two people behind you on the ground. He's already dealt with them. Didn't even need my help for that. Now he's got you two and does have my help with that, which granted might not be a lot, but it's still at least a minor advantage over which he had before. So please, if you would, we don't need more bloodshed. Just shoo. (laughs) Can I make a persuasion check? Yes. Great. I'll take a 14. The very injured orc, which is also the one giving orders to the other one, plants his spear at the ground in front of him and takes a knee. Rogue, we need to leave. Yeah, yeah, do that. Whatever this guy's paying you, it's not enough to die for. Come on. The orc, apparently named Grug, responds, But the boss, he wanted the money back. No, there's too strong. Yeah. That is the response you get. Lope's gonna stand his ground. Fire iron in hand, back to back with an actual dinosaur. Yes, the very injured one admits defeat. Come on, Grug, we need to get back. We can't deal with this right now. And so he does turn tail and leave. Do either of you take an opportunity attack? I do not. Is Lope the backstabber? (laughs) Nope. Okay. Lope stated what he wanted, and he's getting what he wants. And he's not going to betray his own desires. The other one simply says, Well, I'm not going to leave here empty-handed. So he turns and starts rifling through the bandits' little pouches they have. So I look quizzically as a dinosaur can over at the uh, leaving orc and the one shuffling through these obviously very poor and desperate bandits. Mm -hmm. I just can't believe that people are attached to money so much. I shapeshift out of my dinosaur form back into my orcish form. I walk over to this guard and pull out a couple silver that I had tucked away. Here, take this. Don't take from these guys. They're desperate as it is. Fine. We didn't see anything. Now, please, try settling things with words next time. So many thieves around here. You trust yourself with this one? (laughs) Lope just, like, waves. (laughs) I don't have anything to steal. Well, not anymore you don't. And he grabs your money. (laughs) Lope just, like, waves goodbye to the scary man. And as soon as he, he turns his back and starts walking away almost out of the alley, I'm going to cast Mage Hand and use my Arcane Trickster ability for it to open up the coin pouch or whatever that he presumably has his money in that he just took from Aldrock and take it back. All right, sure. Well, give me a sleight of hand. 13. Please don't notice, please don't notice, please don't notice, please don't notice. And obviously I make it invisible. <laughs> right. He keeps walking. Yes! <laughs> I want to see if I saw that. <laughs> sure, you can make a perception also. <laughs> I'm standing right next to you! <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Uh, he got an eight. <laughs> <laughs> the mage hand slips into his purse, and it's almost like you had a string on this money the whole time. It just sort of wanders into your hand. Yep. The mage hand's invisible, so just coins fly through the air into my hand. 
<laughs> and despite certain parts of this alley still being in direct sunlight, the metal of the coins still shimmering, none of the three orcs in this alley <laughs> seem to notice. Excellent. After running and fighting, you are both breathing a bit heavy. And Lope, you, in the back of your mind, grab at that thought and realized you have the opportunity. This druid man, especially in his transformed state, is quite the fighter. As the guy finally turns the corner and leaves the alley, we lose sight of them completely. That's when Lope finally speaks up and says, Yeah, that guy's gonna be real upset when he realizes he didn't even get what he wanted in the first place after all. And I just hold out the coins that belong to Alderic. Oh, what did you do? I got a knack for things. But I gave him that. Yeah, and I made him give it back. Hmm. Kind of. You want your money or not? I presume they were very forceful anyway. Well, yeah, they're the bad guys here, clearly. I guess it can be used for other things. Money can be used in exchange for goods and services. (laughs) (laughs) If you'll mind me for a second, I need to uh, help these two. Sure. And I cast Goodberry and split the five berries between these two men on the ground. So do you just leave the good berries on their unconscious bodies? So I put one in their mouth, and I leave each of them four in their hands. And then I presume you guys, like, walk out of the alley before they wake up or something? Yeah, I I would start walking out. And then I just follow him. We got a good, good old-fashioned walk and talk going on. Yeah. I follow up behind Aldrich. I was gonna just leave, but, well, there's a lot of things going on here. This guy's a fighter, he's a healer, and when he had the opportunity to just beat up these people that wanted to take his things and and leave. Sure, he defended himself, but then he also gave them food before leaving. I think that's that's kind of a big thing to Lope, because he was an urchin growing up. And to see this kind of, like, mercy and kindness is rare in a stranger. So there's something that Lope finds fascinating about this individual. So he just starts following Aldruck. I would be walking through the market and just notice that he's kind of probably darting around behind him, probably keeping up. So, little one, why were those men after you? They were talking about money. Lope has probably been trying to kind of awkwardly follow this guy around the city a little bit, hiding behind crates and stuff whenever he turns around, but he finally just called me out. So I just kind of sheepishly emerged from my most recent hiding spot. Uh, yeah. There's, um, it's... Well, what kind of people, like, chases other people into an alley, right? They're bad people. They had spears and meant harm, so, yeah, I was, um, just defending myself. They didn't look like the same sort of bandits that were after me. They seemed like they were talking about someone else, right? Yeah. Ah, yeah, that. They said the boss. Okay, so maybe I have a knack for taking things that don't belong to me, but it's a good thing, right? Like, I gave you back your money that that guy took from you, which he took from you because his problem was with me in the first place, so you were kind of paying my debt, and I feel like my argument's falling apart as I make it. (laughs) What sort of people do you take from? I say as I stop at a cart and look at some of the fruit of this city. I guess anyone that seems like they don't need what they got, really. It's weirdly easy to talk to you. No one's ever really asked me about this before, and it's awkward that it feels so natural to actually talk about it for once. Yeah, so I I just like taking 
I guess. I never really had much growing up, and so I started taking things that belonged to other people, and it never felt good taking from people who were like me and didn't have a lot in the first place, but other people who had a lot, most of the time they wouldn't even notice, so it was like a best-of-both-worlds kind of thing, I guess, or like most happiness uh, produced or something. There's some kind of a smart guy's argument to this, I, I swear. I just don't know it. <laughs> As I hear him talking about those who don't need it, Aldrock's ears and eyebrow kind of perk up, and I look at the small creature. So, those that have delights, you think they have too much. Yeah, like, luxury. I never had that. Other people do. So, the ones who do, I think maybe they should share more. So I help them share with me, specifically, most of the time. It's about the art of the thing. Like, it's not about the wealth. It's about what it symbolizes. It's, uh... Does this make any sense to you? <laughs> You're a very pragmatic one. I guess. <laughs> Look, you seem like a nice guy. You didn't have to leave food behind for those people who attacked you in the alley, and it's rare to see that kind of kindness in another person. I, uh, grew up in the desert. We were always taught to stay together and work together, and you'll get through it. Hey, so there's, like, some kind of, like, a arena battle thing, and with lots of wealthy people who sit in the, the rich seats, and I want a piece of that action. And, uh, hey, maybe you can help me get in. How would I help you get in? I am not wealthy. Oh, no, no, but, uh, I was thinking, well, you can clearly hold your own as a person who can turn themselves into an actual dinosaur. So maybe, um, you wouldn't mind putting that visceral display on a more public stand. Do you see where I'm going with this? Hmm... This is legal, right? Oh, absolutely. The part that you're involved in, yes. <laughs> hmm. Not me, but that's never bothered me. <laughs> well, I am in the town for a bit. I guess I could have a little fun. Yeah, there we go. And scene. Will Lope and Aldruck sign up for the tournament? What sort of opponents might await them there? And what trouble will Lope get himself into next? Find out next time on part two of Contenders of Hervesi. Thanks for listening to Late Night Dice. The music you heard was Only Instrumental by Broke for Free and Running Waters by Jason Shaw. <laughs> <laughs>